You're listening to Dirty Feet, a dance podcast. I'm Allison Burns. Hello, hello. Just when you thought we might be done with the Dark Horse Dance Project's coverage, we have one last episode as a wrap-up episode about the second annual uh, presentation uh, here in Ottawa. We're going to be speaking with technical director and lighting designer for the showcase, Fraser McKinnon, uh, a bit about the, his perspective on the project and what got him involved in uh, being behind the scenes for dance work like this and uh, for other projects around uh, Canada. I'm also going to throw in my two cents at the end of my interview with Fraser. Enjoy. And it's uh, been a few weeks, so the dust has settled after the Dark Horse Dance Projects presented their second annual showcase. And uh, I have just a bit more follow-up to do. I am uh, fortunately today I'm joined by Fraser McKinnon, who is a uh, technician. And for the Dark Horse Dance Projects, he was the technical director as well as the lighting designer for the showcase. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I would love to hear your perspective of this project because you've been there since the beginning um, in this capacity and uh, on board with uh, Jocelyn and Marie-Pierre. Let me know how you got uh, involved. Um, It would have started last year and I don't remember who asked me or if it was both Marie-Pierre and Jocelyn who who asked me together. Um, But it was kind of a, hey, do you want to do this thing in I don't know and I was like yeah I like those kind of projects and it was really that kind of vague too so uh, yeah I signed up right away and kind of uh, helped them out as much as I could just kind of like bringing gear into a space that had no gear or like did have it but didn't want to let anyone touch it sort of thing Um, and then was just kind of blown away by how much the community kind of rallied behind the project too, um, both audience and then and dancers, choreographers. Because uh, I really, I don't know, at that up until that point, I hadn't really even been aware that there were so many people wanting to work here. Like it had always, I don't know, there was a bubble or something. But um, and so last year was very, very kind of DIY, like setting up and tearing down the space in the same night, each night. Artists having basically five minutes before their piece to kind of go over everything, um, which most people will say is not enough time. So that kind of gave it an edge, and it was, it was exciting. Uh, and then that came to this year. Uh, where we moved into the odd box at Ottawa Dance Directive. Um, and it kind of, it upped the game a little bit because it was no longer DIY. It was a black box theater with time devoted to each artist uh, to kind of get everything set up, look at it, and then run it too. And uh, so it kind of changed the whole 
face of the game a little bit um, for the better. I, I heard whispers too as I was hanging out during Q to Q and everybody's tech times that um, because of this upgrade in space and also the, the allotment of studio time as residency that a lot of the artists got, um, they came with bigger ideas this time around and needed more accommodation. Yeah, that's always an issue with festivals where instead of having a week to set up your piece uh, and maybe one other piece with it, um, you have like an hour, two hours to do everything that you have imagined over the past X number of months. So, yeah, and everyone was very familiar with the space, I think, too, which also meant like it felt like home a little bit and you can get away with more things when you're at home. So people went a little bit bigger, which is good. Um, but, yeah, it always, there needs to be containment with ideas, too. Um, sometimes, even though it might be great, if there isn't the time to do something, then there isn't the time to do something. So, And on top of this, this time where you're setting up their vision, uh, you're also um, designing lights and making them happen. How does that conversation happen? Are, there, are the artists prepared with their with their requests already? Do they know what the space can offer before they get in the room? Somewhat. Um, all the artists kind of have a vague idea of what they're, they're looking for. Some actually have a specific idea, which, is, which can be nice. Um, everyone had at least an idea of like, and then the lights would change at this moment because we're entering like the new section or something. So lights change here and... Um, that information is crucial in a festival install time because I, because I don't have time. Like, there isn't the time then to watch a piece and say, well, let's go back here, let's try this with this. Okay, we just spent half an hour on this, let's move on to the next five-minute section. Like, um, so, yeah, having, having that idea. and then, But on the flip side, you can get too specific, too. Um, where then it's like, well, I really want the special here and one over there. And then it's like, well, that's great, but it's, it means 45 minutes of install time right now, which would leave you like half an hour or something like that to then finish everything else. So then it becomes an idea of like, once again, like pulling back ideas a little bit because it's festival, festival time. And, and not only the time and considering getting everyone involved, but the, the showcase itself and kind of um, presenting everyone in, in their best capacity. Do you, do you take into consideration what you've done with the previous pieces when you, when you come to Design Lights for the next one? Do you have some sort of grand plan of what the whole night is going to look like? Kind of not really. Not really in the sense that I won't have seen any of the pieces before they actually heck. Um, but then really because I'm trying not to repeat things. Um, like if there's a specific look used in one piece, then I'll make sure that that doesn't get used the same way in another piece or something like that. Um, so that each piece is different and... Um, I don't know, as far as, like, if you would were to say there was an arc to lighting, which I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about before, but I don't know. I wouldn't have the active uh, creation process for that in a festival like this. Uh, 
just because I couldn't, it would be very hard to do that. Let's zoom out a little bit and talk about the fact that you are working as a technician or in various different um, uh, management and, and roles that are backstage in, in the world of dance. And how did you find yourself uh, backstage of dance? Um, I think it was a little bit of right place, right time. Um, I had just kind of, I had just gone back to university um, with the idea that I didn't really care about the courses. I just wanted to do all the extracurricular so that I could like get a practical education and then, yeah. So I, I accomplished that in that I became like assistant to the technical director at U of O uh, within my first year going back and then hopped on the student council that same year um, and just became very active in the life of the departments and shows going up and shows going down um, and some decisions being made as to like what will student activities be like and um, some boring some boring but exciting stuff too like building redevelopment that would never happen um, and things like that so that was it was that and then kind of being placed in Ottawa Dance Directive by a professor for uh, a German like vocalist slash performance artist um, like I think her background was in opera but then she kind of switched into like making the floor squeak and then singing at the same time um, and it was very cool there was like she had a moment where uh, it was at the end and she just kind of huddled up into a ball and she said don't turn off the lights for a minute and she had me filming too so I was able to like watch the time code and say okay this has been a minute but a minute is a long time for nothing to happen when there has been stuff happening constantly for a while. Um, and it got to the point where it's like the professor, the producer, the person who hired me uh, is sitting next to me and he's just looking at me and it's kind of like, what's going on? And I'm like, just wait. And it was like six seconds after that. It was like, okay, now we're going to black. And um, so it was, it was through that and... Then volunteering for a few things at Arts Court that then got me working in Ottawa Dance Directive. Uh, it got me working at for the Ottawa Arts Court Foundation, which is now defunct. Um, I was ATD there um, and then interim TD there um, until they're closing. And then it was, yeah, and then it's been hopping all over. And as I, as I just learned as well, you've just done dusk dances and that there'll be more dusk dances in your future as well. Yes, yeah. So I've worked with dusk dances for five years now uh, and I have just been kind of, well, I've been told that I'm signing on as the production manager, which is a, a good thing. I'm excited about that. Because uh, it'll be in several weeks on tour, kind of going around Ontario, and I think there's mention of Quebec City this year too, uh, which I don't know if they've ever been there uh, before. So it would be something new and something exciting. Um, and then that tour is really nice too, because each year I think it starts in Vancouver, and it's about half the work that you have to do in any other city. Um, so it's a really nice way to kind of like ease into the festival. 
um, by like hopping across the country and getting to play tourist a little bit. So, oh, that's going to be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, other than than coming across dance in your work, uh, what what role does dance play in your life? What does it mean to you? Right now, for me, I would say dance is kind of. In some ways, it's probably my greatest inspiration right now um, because I'm coming from a theater background where rules are very strict, I find, and as soon as you start to break the rules of theater, bad things happen, I don't know, or it just doesn't get done, and I don't know. It's just people don't break the rules in theater, and what I'm finding so interesting about dance is that there don't seem to be rules, or it's like the rules are so transparent at times and malleable that um, you can have a piece that is a man spinning with a box in his hands for 15 minutes and and it works or it can be I don't know like you can, that's what I love of, I don't know it can be anything it can from what I've seen it can be anything and that's what I find so interesting um, and just the challenge and the challenging the challenges it kind of presents when you're looking for story if you come in with like say a storytelling background and you're always looking for that narrative and that arc and that well-made duh um you will have a really hard time finding it in dance i think often i don't know people might hate me for saying that but i think that's what I hear from a lot of the theater people that I've kind of tried to bring into dance or have been, or, or who have come in contact with it. Is they're just like, I don't understand it. And I'm like, yeah, but that's why it's so great. It's because it can be anything. It's like, whatever you think it is, that's what it is because you made it that by thinking it. So, yeah, that's, that's dance. Wonderful. Uh, do you have any, any last words that you want to say about dance or about the Dark Horse Dance Projects? I guess that I hope that Dark Horse keeps going. Um, and I hope more people go and find contemporary dance in their city. Because if you go to it with an open mind, I think you'll be kind of blown away by what you, by what you see. Um, and kind of, I hope it would then bring you back to a live performance venue rather than your sofa and Netflix or the cinema with the latest from Sony. Like... Yeah. Well said. I've been speaking with both the lighting designer and technical director of the Dark Horse Dance Project, Fraser McKinnon. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And it's Allison again with the final wrap-up on the Dark Horse Dance Projects from uh, my perspective. It's been an absolute pleasure to cover so extensively this uh, showcase. This will be our fourth episode of Dirty Feet dedicated to Dark Horse. And uh, it's been wonderful to talk to so many different artists, choreographers and performers alike, as well as uh, so many of the organizers and uh, behind-the-scenes crew for Dark Horse Dance Projects. Um, if you missed the, the previous episodes, uh, by all means, go back and check them out. 
We've done a lot of talking about what this showcase has done for the community here in Ottawa, and it's quite clear that it's a very friendly atmosphere. Though the majority of the participants know each other from studying at the School of Dance here in the city, there are a few people who came from the outside and were quickly welcomed into the the family community here. There are also people who, as we've understood, work in other cities and came into Ottawa for the showcase specifically, uh, again, being welcomed with open arms. There's also incredible to see what kind of projects were spurred or encouraged by this showcase presentation, um, both the choreographers going off and doing other things with their works and for uh, presenters in the city to get on board and for Odd, the Ottawa Dance Directive specifically to come in and show so much support for this showcase. Also, in terms of support for the artists, both choreographers and dancers alike are paid for their participation in addition to the residency, uh, the studio time that's offered. Uh, which is a really noble and uh, difficult thing to do with such a big group of people. So I, I'm very impressed with the priority that the organizers has have given paying the artists and really making it a professional level showcase is something that um, is taken seriously and they take care of their participants, both in terms of the, the energy time, the warmth that they offer people, the the openness to their artistic, um, I was going to say demands, but let's say their interests, their um, experiments. There's a lot of yes happening, a lot of let's see how to make that work on the technical side. And there's a lot of um, respect in this environment here between the organizers and the artists and of course the organizers themselves being dance artists really helps that along also witnessing both evenings so uh, each program uh, was presented twice over two evenings for a total of four shows Uh, they were all completely sold out as far as I could tell uh, was very impressive as well for the um, audience development here in Ottawa. And of course, having a big group of people draws out a bigger crowd. If everybody, you know, invites one or two of their friends, of their colleagues, their family members in some cases. Um, but it's really wonderful to see people coming out and filling up a house. And uh, a really beautiful message by uh, one of the artistic directors, Marie-Pierre, uh, mentioned at the end of the show that People should make the effort to look up dance projects in the city in presentations and go see shows. If they like what they saw, keep encouraging it and uh, and that, that dance needs support. And I think that was a really beautiful message and a really great use of that opportunity of the undivided attention of these audience members to say, hey, if you like what you saw here, let's not let it stay here. Let's move it on out, fill other seats buy another ticket, support another artist. And I feel like in the city in general, I've only been here for a couple of months now, so I can't say definitively, but there does seem to be this real interest in collaboration and in mutual support. And it's very exciting and inspiring, and I'm so fortunate to be here. I also want to talk about the quality of the work in these showcases. I got to see all of the different artists present, and... The quality was high. 
was not because there's not a lot of dance happening in Ottawa that they can get away with poor quality art. There is good work happening here in this city. And these artists are not lazy. They are stepping up to the task and they are bringing it. And it was really delightful to see. There's also a variety and there's no shying away from unique propositions. There was a mix of more physical work. There was a lot of spoken word. There's a lot of prop manipulation. There's a lot of different elements presented. Live music, just all over the place. A lot of variety, a lot of exploring. Something else I want to say about the community that's being curated through the Dark Horse Dance Projects is the difference in experience levels. More career artists meeting up with uh, current students and recent graduates and being put in the same platform as each other is always a positive thing for the artists involved and for the dance industry. And what it does on stage is gives a really rich texture with such a mixed bag of people, such a mix of bodies and faces and styles and messages. Dark Horse Dance Projects definitely has a very strong foundation, and I'm very eager to see what it expands into. I think it's been very evident in the interviews I've done with different artists for this project that everyone has seen its benefits and expects it to continue. Once again, thank you to the team for allowing me access to all the artists and organizers to do such a rich array of interviews and such an in-depth coverage of the Dark Horse Dance Projects. Thank you to Marie-Pierre Gilbert, the artistic director of the project, who invited me in to do this coverage, and to Jocelyn Todd, who shares the role with her as artistic director. Thank you to everyone who I've been able to interview in the last four episodes, including this one. I have a feeling we'll be hearing those voices again on the Dirty Feet podcast. You've been listening to Dirty Feet. I'm Alison Burns with a few thank yous. First to Paula Flalo in the No More Radio Network, also to Mainline Theatre and Montreal Improv Theatre, and to all present and past team members who can be found on our website, dirtyfeetpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet. Stick around for a preview of our upcoming episode. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to Amanda Bond. Yeah, there's some pretty, pretty moving, moving moments. Dance is pretty powerful. It's, it's such an important art form, and um, I think it gets a little bit overlooked sometimes by, by even us in the arts community. So, and if we're not nourishing and feeding it then then how can we expect other people to so maybe i'll just say that and love the name of the podcast dirty feet podcast because i am very proud of the fact that i walk around 90 percent of the time with really dirty feet 